Hi, he's Alex Zetlow. I'm not. This is... <laughs> what a way to start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, screaming from the rafters. Not from the rafters this year, thankfully. Oh we my are... gosh, do we have to rebrand now? Probably well, do. I mean, we've already established our brand. Why, why would we hurt That's ourselves? That's called that rebranding, Brian. Well, yeah. We, we have coaches that listen to this podcast. We established that. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> well, at least one coach. No, coaches. Oh, okay. There are multiple coaches. I mean, Wait, I only know of the one. Well, Asheville coach Mike Morrell is, is the uh, the biggest name listening right, to right. this. Right, right. He's our A-lister. Yeah, exactly. So, now that we've established we have A-listers, <laughs> um, not really an A-list game we saw tonight. But oh, absolutely not. Still interesting for a number of reasons. And I, th- I think probably when you and I talked before this game, we were talking about storylines we were looking at. Um, some of them came true. We were talking about seeing what DJ Burns would do, how he would run the floor, how he'd play. He had mm-hmm. 30 uh, points in 22 minutes. And as we established... Both of those are quite compelling and quite, you know, impressive. The yeah. 22 minutes specifically is something that we asked about post-game, but we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah, and I was going to say, we, we established also just a quick uh, statistical thing, which went in my piece and I'm sure went in yours, that he only played 20 or more minutes three times last season. And he yep. commented to us off recorder about uh, his thoughts on, on that. On recorder. On recorder. Well, they were, it was on yours. It wasn't on mine. Okay. Okay. Off my recorder, on Alex's recorder, he commented. So right. if, if you want DJ's comments, read Alex's column. <laughs> or just to quickly summarize, you know, uh, he's, I asked him how he felt after 22 minutes. I was kind of going with the, how do you feel physically? How do your legs feel? How does your, you know, cardiovascular health feel? <laughs> Oh goodness, I'm already making up uh I'm already making up things. But I was like, how do you feel? And he said, "Oh, it feels great that the coaching staff has this um, you know, faith in me and and stuff like this." And so he took it kind of more of a he feels like, you know, trusted. And that that was great. And then afterward, I said, "Yo, so but like you still feel good physically, right?" And he was like, "Oh, yeah, I feel great." <laughs> and, and and he said, "I feel I felt great last year too." So, um but yeah, no, I mean, DJ Burns looked great. I mean, but also, were we expecting anything less? I mean, uh, he was the tallest guy in this gym by, you know, a head. And also, let's not forget, he is the best recruit that Winthrop has ever gotten out of high school. Well, he didn't come out of high school. We've rehashed this whole story, but you yeah. know what I'm saying, right, yeah. Brian? Yeah, exactly. I think the funny thing, too, and uh, our buddy Matt Sheely said this during the game, or Matt Cray, one of the, one of the Matts, said it during the game. <laughs> so uh, shout out to both Matts. That uh, DJ also outweighed everybody in the gym by 200 pounds. Um, said jokingly, of course, but you know, even though DJ is in much better he's shape strong, this year, man. it showed. I mean, he's he's, just, he's still the biggest dude in the room, and he put that on display tonight. Oh yeah, the gentle giant. He has touched around the basket. So Brian, let's talk, man. Let's Go talk. for it. <laughs> You're, you're going to make me talk? Well, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, I guess that's what we're doing right now. Of course. But okay, so we covered DJ Burns. Uh, what did you think of – I mean, this was the first time we saw Winthrop's rotation. Yes. The first time we saw, you know – I mean, I didn't – I honestly didn't really have a good idea of what the starting lineup was going to look like. Um, uh, this dude, Chase Claxton, starts as a freshman, and then as a as a sophomore under Pat Kelsey, he's like the sixth man. And now he's kind of the ninth man, but he still made an impact tonight, Not not to take that away. But that was an interesting thing from Mark Prosser, I thought. Yes. Um, Drew Bugs, this guy who we kind of, you could kind of knew, you kind of knew that he was going to start based on his accolades from 
uh, Hawaii and um, and so forth. He was the leading assist man in Hawaii history. Is that the proper way to say it, Brian? Yeah, that's her. And so yeah, so you knew that he was going to start. You kind you kind of figure that Corey Hightower, this insanely talented for a, for a big South big man slash you know three person, uh, you kind of figure that he would start as well. Um, and then you got DJ and you got Michael Anuba to ra- round out the starting lineup. Um, any surprises? Um, outside of the Chase thing, we can elaborate on that later. Well, I think Chase off- offensively was kind of a surprise to me. I mean, I've, I've seen him have some pretty big offensive nights, but tonight he looked for a shot a little more. He's a bucket. That was <laughs> surprising to see. I think the the other thing, too, that we haven't really even talked about since the game ended was was Russell Jones and seeing what he mm-hmm. did when he came in. Now, granted, he didn't you know, have a, a dominant stat line, but still he looked a lot more confident this year. He looked as though he was willing to go to the basket. Really? He attacked. He played downhill, which I know that was one of the things that Mark talked to me about about at Media Day was that he needed Russ to be a little more fearless and play a little more downhill, and yeah. you saw that tonight. Now, granted, where he fits in the rotation, I'm not sure, because we saw Drew, we saw Sincere McMahon, who played for him in Western Carolina. We saw a number of different point guards. We saw some guard, uh, guard-heavy guard looks, I guess, yeah. tonight. So, it, like you were talking about with the rotation – it's tough to make anything out of one game, especially against a D3 school playing its first game. But you saw... Of all time, by yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. First game of all time. And uh, we saw Griggsy on the floor after the game, you know, talking to, you know, Clint and Pross and all of our uh, friends here. For all here, the people who haven't here. been following winter basketball for 150 years like <laughs> Brian has and has nicknames for every person who has ever walked the halls of the winter I didn't. I didn't give Coach Griggs that name, but... Okay, well, <laughs> Matt Griggs is the head coach of Mary Baldwin. Mary Baldwin is the Division Three school that went there, played on Tuesday night. Uh, this was their first game. I think it was technically an exhibition for them. Yes. Um, but Matt Gribbs, Griggs spent some time as the video coordinator for Winthrop while, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, while Mark Prosser was an assistant? Yes, part uh, of Pat Kelsey's staff at Winthrop. Right. And it, it, was, it was cool because... Matt came over from Roanoke College in Virginia, um, and really his, I guess, premier coaching job before this one, and you know took over the Mary Baldwin program, like you mentioned, first game out, eighteen guys I think on his roster for a first team, you know, yeah. being fielded as the Fighting Squirrels, <laughs> and what uh, a name. the nickname's awesome. Yeah, uh, that, that was the first thing that jumped out to me. But seventeen of whom, seventeen of those eighteen dudes were freshmen. Yeah, that's crazy to ponder. And crazy. We, and they were good, too. Yeah, the, that was the first thing that we noticed about this team. They're not afraid. And no. it doesn't matter who they play. They're they're not afraid. They may get run out of the gym, and if they do, they do. But they're just they're not afraid. And yeah. that's the way you have to be coming into a situation like this. And we heard some kind of dismissive talk about, well, this is their biggest game of the year. Maybe. But it's very easy when you that play your matter. biggest game of the year to come out and just get boat raced, and, you know, they, they're out of the gym by the second media, and that, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Also, guys, Winthrop is expected, expected to play in the NCAA tournament this year. Yes. This is a – I mean, I mean that, that argument is uh, – that argument isn't, you know, perfect. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, dude, Mary Baldwin has some ballers on their team. I mean, the, the guy that sticks out stuck out to both of us was their 5'8", tenacious left-handed point guard. Yep. Oh, my goodness. What's his name? Please Jaden Ignacio. Oh, let's go. Yeah, the dude was a bucket, too. And he, and he was just – he was just fun to watch. Um, gay, so uh, that was that was one thing that was interesting. Winthrop dominated this game down low. Kelton Talford got every, 
you know, touch and score he wanted. DJ Burns kind of did the same. Um, Corey Hightower wasn't – this probably wasn't where he will shine the most. Obviously, Corey's one of the few guys – not one of the few, sorry. Um, Corey is someone on Winthrop's team who could, has the potential to take over games and take over important games. Um, but it seemed like Winthrop had just like every single possible edge when it comes down low. But that Ignacio dude, he gave Winthrop guards some headaches tonight. And it was to the point where, um, and I know that you were probably thinking the same thing. I talked to Prosser at the game, and one of the things I mentioned was that he shifted Chase and Mike over on him uh, pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't expect to see a D3 guy having two of the better defenders in the Big South shifted over to shut him down. That was a pretty notable thing to see. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, I mean, it really was. All right, Brian, what can we learn from this game uh, I mean, wow. I, I mean, I, there probably isn't much. I hate to say it. Um, no, and I think we knew I mean, that going w- in, though. One thing, yeah. Okay, so so that's something that we need to. That that's something that halftime Alex Zetlow needed to realize. You know, <laughs> halftime Alex Zetlow. L- let's just keep it. Um, apro- how you say apocryphal? Oh my goodness. Apocryphal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what does that mean again? <laughs> You're the one that brings it up, and you don't know what it means. Well, I, doesn't it mean secretive? <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, the, the bottom line is we don't have to say what um, Alex was saying at halftime. No, no, we don't. But, but a couple things that we can take from moving forward in this one. Um, DJ Burns is a comfortable guy that when Winthrop needs a bucket, you can they will go to him. Yes. Not that they can go to him, they will go to him. Uh, rotation is kind of on a tighter leash still kind of a long leash when you think about other you know teams at the division one level but on a tighter leash than pat kelsey's just absolute tornado line changes (laughs) yeah which was wildly entertaining to watch um, last year um but this one uh it's it's strange that there is a huge difference there is a huge difference between 10 men and 12 men um but yeah so that so, so that's another thing I thought another uh, storyline to watch, Josh Corbin. Um, it, it, Josh Corbin w- was pretty special tonight, and he will be go- going forward. I mean, he started um, tonight. Uh, would you say that that was Mark Prosser's first triumph as the head coach of the Winter basketball team, kind of making sure that Josh, after going into the transfer portal after Pat Kelsey left, Mark compels him back to Rock Hill. Would you say that's his first triumph? Yeah, absolutely. And I talked to him about that at Media Day and talked about just kind of the the process of re-recruiting him and really assuring him that he had a role in this offense. Because it's like you and I talked about off-air, off-air, finger quotes, (laughs) how... We're always on air. Well, yeah. Josh seemed at times as though he would miss a shot and he'd look over at the bench like, is is he coming to get me? You know, it was was almost as though he's looking over his shoulder. Bro, even even when he went three for three... You still had to get other dudes minutes. Yeah. You still had to get, you know, Kyle Zunick minutes because, you know, you, you would just have 12 guys. 12 is brutal. Yeah, the the other thing, too, about the rotational point, and that, that was well made because you would comment, I think, around the second media that they had already played 10 dudes. and. Right. By the first media time. Oh, first media, yeah. I mean, they, they really made a lot of changes early, and then the rotation just kind of cinched from there and didn't go much further. We saw late in the game, and this is another interesting storyline, we saw Jamal King late in the game. That was a very heavy rotational guy for Pat Kelsey, and right. he played very few minutes tonight. Now, 
as as Mark told us after the game, you know, different guys have big days in practice and different situations call for different rotation. But it was just it was an interesting contrast to see Jamal King's usage. Uh, we didn't see Tanari Lane. We didn't really get an answer about that after the game. <laughs> no, we um, didn't, to say the least. Um, we saw Nate <laughs> no, Buss. No, 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 no. That's us saying the least. But I promise you, Mark said less well, when, we, when Dave asked about him on his radio yeah, show. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> we also saw Nate Buss get his first collegiate points, which lit the guys behind us up. They were they were on that fire. That was the about loudest it. that went through Coliseum was all night. I mean, also that was a very competent move. Could we just no? I mean. That was like a hesitation crossover. Like, I don't think he faded, but it was a quick release, and he just knew that shot was going in. Also, Nate didn't even crack a smile. He just ran back on defense. No, that was that was like a Matt Earps level assassin yeah. look on his face. You yeah. Know, just that, that, well, of course I made that bucket. I'm supposed to. Yeah. Also, quick aside about Nate. You know that he gets, like, just crazy people on his podcast, right? Yeah. By crazy, I mean, like, crazy famous in the college basketball world, not you know mentally unstable people i'm talking <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean dude he got uh he got jay billis the other day he got seth greenberg is that his name seth greenberg <laughs> the old virginia tech coach yes yeah okay yeah i mean he got he gets all these interesting people i wonder how he does that um probably by not doing his podcast like we do ours that's pro- probably my best guess yeah but Moving who has on. more fun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he probably has fun, too. Storylines I saw tonight, I, I think we, we talked about the, the deal with DJ. We talked about uh, kind of seeing how Drew Bugs did as far as being a um, you know a facilitator in this offense. And we saw some of that tonight, I think. Um, maybe not to the level we expected. And I think that may be, again, a situation like Mark described where different uh, matchups call for different things. And it's like you talked about, too – he seems to be kind of a calming influence. And the thought that ran through my mind was kind of a press-breaking kind of guard. When they face a team like an Asheville who's press-heavy and they're really going to get after you in the ba- in the backcourt and the frontcourt, he seems like that kind of guy. He Now, he did facilitate some, um, mm-hmm. but he wasn't really called on to do that a whole lot tonight. I think that they uh, they spread the wealth pretty well. Yep. And so that's kind of an incomplete on, the, on that storyline. Uh, we got what we needed to see out of DJ. I think we... You you want to talk about Mike real quick? Sure. I mean, he started. Yeah. He has now started every single game of his Winthrop career, barring injury. Crazy stat. Um, and is that true? Find <laughs> out. <laughs> Just okay. Well, okay, okay. He's started practically every game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Pat mixed up the um, starting rotations a couple times, very randomly. He had Chandler Vaudrin come off the bench a couple times last year, which was yeah. I mean, he's Big South Player of the Year, but okay. So, but don't take that stat <laughs> at face va- at face value. Take that stat um, in its spirit. Don't go to Vegas with it. In other words, I mean, don't go to Vegas with it. But you can go. I don't even know how to make a joke out of that, man. Well, okay, I'll, I'll bail you out because okay. there was one other thing that came to mind. When we we're talking about storylines. Okay, um, we talked about Corey Hightower. And hey, bro, we're not going to finish talking about Mike. Well. I'll get back to Mike, okay. but I, I want to make the point about Corey because we saw something out of him that I saw at PC, and I didn't know how much we would see from from him here doing this, but yeah. he is as much of a post presence as he is. He's an adept three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. He knocked down three tonight. Um, he's a guy who at— He knocked down three? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, he's a guy who at 6'7", six, 6'8", six, 
um, you know, or however tall they're listing him, he can pull guys away from the basket. And that not only makes them play him honest on the perimeter, it also opens up DJ down low and it yeah. opens up Mike, who is a capable offensive player. So if we're talking about um, what Corey Hightower brings, he helps free Mike up a bit. Now, again, Mike didn't have a staggering stat line tonight, but he was also called upon to defend the Ignacio kid who was going bananas for them. Yeah. Well, one thing that was interesting about Corey, so there's one there's one defensive possession where he just gets caught looking at um at Ignacio doing his thing. Yeah. And Ignacio makes this beautiful no look pass. Oh my gosh, dude, when, when he made that no look pass for the layup, me and you just looked at each other and we were just like we were just like scratching each other's heads. Like that was great. Um but that man uh was left wide open by Corey on it was on a fa- it was on a back door cut. And uh the next defensive possession, Winthrop goes down, scores, whatever. The next defensive possession, there's a loose ball and Corey Hightower doesn't just dive; he like does a like he like reaches for a pylon to get that ball. Yep. And I mean, it was kind of it, it seemed kind of frustrating. He goes and he lays his body out on the line, and then no Winter player is kind of following him to get the ball to secure the ball. But um, that was good in in a yeah. game in a game that is largely inconsequential. Unless if disaster happens, but the game is inconsequential. Yeah, in a game where, you know, he's not he's not the one scoring thirty points. In a game in a game where you're, it's really easy. Like once you make you know a mistake, you can kind of dwell in in this lethargic place because, you know, it's inconsequential. As I said a trillion times, Brian, you got I, I need to <laughs> broaden my vocabulary clearly. Um, um, but in this sort of game. The fact that he was willing to still put his body on the line—I mean, that could pro- that probably goes a long way in terms of teammate trust, in terms of coaching staff trust. Yeah. Um, in terms of just like knowing that we, or knowing that he wants to be a Winthrop Eagle and be an impactful player on this team beyond just scoring points. Yeah, it's also that veteran leadership. I, I think guys who are looking at well, he's obviously going to put put forth that effort in a big game when he's facing Mary Baldwin, a D3 school, and they see him get on the floor and save a pass, even though he saved it right to a Mary Baldwin guy, that's still the kind of effort that guys are looking for from him. And yeah. speaking, we're kind of bouncing all over the place here, but it's... It, every hey, this, th- is the fir- this is the first time. Well, Firstly, sure. Brian, this has never been perfect. Sure. It's not supposed to be. Yeah. Well, we say it's not supposed to be. I think we would like it to be perfect. Well, yeah, but until we have Mike Morell in here, but no. Oh, um, okay. No, see, wow, we're really playing into this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the new gimmick <laughs> of this program. But um, I, I think the the inconsequential Wait, oh, thing. Oh, Mark Mark agreed. Yeah, to get did. on the podcast see, at some point. See, two coaches, and yeah. you know, I hope when Mark g- gets on, we don't just talk X's and O's. I hope that we talk about some real stuff. What, like the Steelers? You know what, Brian? You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have fired myself long ago. Or um, we can do karaoke with with Mark. Uh, you can do karaoke with Mark. I'm no, dude. You have a. I can tell you have a great karaoke voice. I, I've had people ask me if I sing him. Hell no, I don't sing him. Oh, I'm not going oh, to we're sing. allowing cussing on the podcast. Well, yeah, year. hell is pretty hardcore. Okay, I grew up on the mean streets of Central Virginia. <laughs> um, we were talking about inconsequential uh, before I forget this point because my brain is going at this point, but. There was very nearly a very consequential thing as Kelton Telford went went to put back a, a oh, missed shot and yep. basically careened over a guy and landed on his hip. And I think you and I both kind of gasped at that point. We thought the monitors weren't working, so we, we were all kind of 
sad because we didn't think we'd get our you know first trip to the monitor. We got our first trip to the monitor. They called a flagrant on it, and KT was luckily fine. He had a big night, but as, even as deep as they are on the front court, that could have been disastrous. Oh, that would have been terrible. I mean, Kelton is the bendiest dude. I mean, I mean he can, bendiest. I mean, well, what I mean by that, he's bouncy. I mean, he bended wrong, man. Like his his, I th- I think he was trying to prevent himself from landing on his tailbone so he overextended his back i yep. don't know i'm not a doctor i probably shouldn't be saying this stuff but um it, it didn't look pretty but after he, he, he bounced up and bounced over to the bench and he was fine after that yeah um so yeah no that's a good point to bring up yeah but, but kelton's fine yeah thankfully and i think anybody who didn't get to see this game and there were a lot because you know we saw on, on twitter pretty much about the second or third media people griping about the ESPN Plus feed. Yeah. And uh, they, they were trying to archive it. Uh, they, they may. I don't know. It may be up by the time we post this. Who knows? But um, I, I think even for those who watched this, they're probably <laughs> like we were. And they're like, I don't really know what to make of this. I mean, I, I think the the storyline, obviously. The but this didn't imbue This didn't imbue anyone with any confidence or any direction. Imbue. Another big-time vocab. Bro. Oh, yeah, bro. Hey, hey, I Alex is in, showing out tonight. I, I put that in the first sentence of my story, and that's literally the only cool thing about my story. Tonight. This, I'm, hey, I still read it though and support well, the Herald and yeah, stuff, of course, because <laughs> I mean it helps us both. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, and you also care about local news, yeah. and you think that local journalism is the only way to truly unite communities, right? Yeah, okay, exactly. Because that's what you know we do every time we write. We unite the community. We write all wrong in theory. <laughs> wow! Oh, you're trivializing it now. Well, no, I'm being honest. No, um, well, I'm being honest too. I'm I'm going. Cli- I'm living my truth. I'm going cliche here. Um, you probably heard as early on in your journalism career as I did. Hey, B, it's 22 minutes. We got to wrap this up soon. Well, I'm I'm going to end on a cliche. Okay. Oh, we're not allowed to do that. Okay, then I'll I'll come up with something strong. But okay. I'm I'm going to go with a cliche here. You probably heard as early in your in your journalism career as I heard in mine. The best story is always in the losing locker room. That's happened. I've five, literally never heard that. Before. That's happened five hundred times to me. Um, I, heard I mean, it early it's probably on, true. And I mean, I it, mean, can we make this into a Drake quote instead? Sure. I learned working with the negatives could make for better pictures. <laughs> that would have been the good place to end, but I'm I'm not going to end there. Well, that's not a cliche. That's just good writing. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. That that said, how, whether you want to go with my me, goal in this podcast is just to derail every single one of your profound thoughts. Whether you want to go with my crusty <laughs> journalism cliche or your, uh, you know, spitting Drake fire, um, I think the the better story is indeed with the uh, with the fighting squirrels this evening because it's the first time I've ever played a game. I don't think anybody really expected anything from that group. Um, now, granted, they only play one more D1 game this year. They play William and Mary in Williamsburg later this year. But if you're Matt Griggs and you look at that team after the first time you've put them on the floor ever against anybody, and you see them go out and score nearly 80 points against an NCAA tournament team from last year, they I were great. They were competitive I throughout. They they like we said, they weren't afraid. That's a pretty great effort. I mean. I mean you know, it doesn't count for them for anything, but they're going to have a lot to look at on film, and there's a lot for them to. They play again, I think, at Gettysburg on Friday or some such. But you know, before they go into that, there's there's not a whole lot of negative to take from this. I wouldn't think. No score, be damned. It doesn't really matter. No. Oh my gosh, you said the D word. Well, I should probably specify 
damn. You yeah. said damn. I'm saying damned as in damnation. Not a, not as in the reaction people get when they see me walk in a gym. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was great, bro. I love that. Well. Should we end on that? We probably should. So, um, he's Alex Zello. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> okay, do a better job of self-promotion. I'll do it for you. I am Alex Zetlow, sports editor of the Herald in Rock Hill, uh, the newspaper that writes about Winthrop athletics and high school athletics. And my partner, actually, no, I'm Brian's partner, let's be real. But <laughs> the, the, the person who claims me as their partner is Brian Jeez. Wilmer. He is a good friend of mine, and he's a great writer, and he will be at a high school football game on Friday and back in the Coliseum on Saturday when Winthrop takes on Mercer. Join us then, or after that one, I guess. Brian, you're normally better at this kicker thing. Did I do okay? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Now, the one <laughs> thing I, I will say. Okay. I forgot to mention that... We at College Hoops Digest are now part of House Enterprise, which is a lifestyle brand. Being somebody who is keen into branding, as you send me out of here, out of this podcast, um, what's what should we know about lifestyle branding when we're talking about this podcast? Okay, Brian, I am not an expert in anything, <laughs> let alone... I'm going to clip that. That's, am, that's getting saved at some point. I am incompetent in many things. So and, am I. And, and, the, and this idea of being able to comment on lifestyle branding, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Aren't those two words that don't truly mean anything? In our case, they mean something for <laughs> this podcast and that, that site. And oh, my gosh, Brian. If you just didn't ask me this question, this podcast would have sounded great. It wouldn't have sounded great. Be real. Yeah. Okay. Let's be real about it. All, All right. Can you? Uh, okay. 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 Well, well, what what would you like me to say? Until Saturday afternoon, I'm Alex Zetlow. <laughs> <laughs> Until Saturday afternoon, I'm Alex Zetlow of the Herald and Rock Hill. He is Brian Wilmer of. Wait. Why don't we just let each other kick kick ourselves out? Okay. Until Saturday afternoon, I am Alex Zetlow of the Herald and Rock Hill. I'm Brian Wilmer of College Hoops Digest. Let's go, and we will see you Saturday afternoon. Take care.